Welcome to the In Your 20s podcast, where we figure out what the we're doing in our 20s. What's up, guys? My name is Tina with an H, and welcome back to another episode of In Your 20s. This week's episode, I'm sitting down with my good friend, Dan Santos, and we're talking about a lot of different things. We start off with family, talking about how, like myself, he's also the middle child of his fam and what that was like growing up. We discuss what it means to be the Nick Miller of your friend group or the Schmidt or the CC, going to elaborate more. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's okay. It's a TV show. You'll get it once we get there. And we wrap it up with just figuring out this weird thing called life because Dan, he explains throughout the entire episode that being in our 20s is confusing. We all have come to that agreement. It's about analyzing and figuring out the best route for yourself, not just career-wise, but in life in general. So it's a really great episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And I just really want to hone in on the last point that Dan and I talk about, which is the fact that we really don't know what comes next. Um, I've had a few things happening in my personal life that I don't want to get into on the show because, you know, there's some things that I'd like to keep private. And I know you guys can understand that. But It's just so important to tell the people that you love how much you love them, live your life with no regrets. And I look back on, for example, my senior year of college, and I truly don't have any regrets because I did everything that I wanted to do, even though some things were cut short. But anything that was presented to me, any opportunity, even if it was just going out to the bar on a Wednesday night to watch a basketball game, I took that opportunity and I ran with it. So I want you guys to also just... Try to get yourself in that mindset to think tomorrow's not guaranteed. I just want all of you to get in that mindset that 2020, we thought it was going to be the greatest year. And even though it's winding down, we have no idea what 2021 is going to hold, 2022 or the rest of our futures. So it's really important to self-reflect, make sure you're going out there, doing what you want to do, living your life to the fullest and trying as much as you can to live with no regrets I could specify if you guys want, I can definitely go into a whole entire episode just about that and my experiences and things that I want to pursue and reach out and do, follow my dreams, my passions, all that good stuff. But I just wanted to leave you guys with that little note. Dan is an amazing conversationalist. You guys are going to very much enjoy this episode. So instead of me rambling, let's just get right into it. Damn, Daniel, back at it again with the blue snapback. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks, Tina. <laughs> okay, guys, so I basically, me and Dan have had a lot of technical difficulties trying to record this episode for you guys. And I like, obviously, I have my notes for when I'm asking him questions and all this stuff. And I was thinking to myself, how the fuck am I going to introduce the one and only Dan Santos? And then you all know that meme of, damn, Daniel, back at it again with the white bands. So since Dan has been like rocking this blue snapback recently, I thought it'd be a good fit. Was I wrong? <laughs> no, not really. Honestly, I wear vans 90% of the time anyway. Thank you. Thank you. I have my moments. So to get right into it, Dan, how old are you? And what is one random fun fact you've learned in your 20s? I am 23 years old. And one random fun fact I've learned is that as each year goes by throughout my 20s, it gets a little bit more confusing. 
Oh, well, good thing that we have in your 20s to guide you through this defining decade. You're also turning 24 soon. Yep. Uh, Does that not freak you out? Because it freaks me out. Not too much. I mean, I'm definitely still alive at this point. So I think I'll make it through 24, especially if we're not in lockdown or quarantine. Good answer. Good answer. Okay, so we're going to get right into this because Dan and I have something in common. And it's the fact, do you know what it is? Um, there could be a lot of things, honestly. <laughs> All right, guess one, guess one. Uh, we both went to Rutgers. Oh, damn, that's an easy one. Okay, no. So that's a good one. We both did go to Rutgers, but we have something else in common. And it's the fact that we're both the middle child like of our families. So I know how my experience was. But for you, what was it like growing up with an older sister and a younger brother? It was definitely fun. It definitely kept my life interesting, to say the least. Um, Sometimes I really liked it because I felt like I flew under the radar the majority of the time. Uh, But other times it kind of leaves you with a feeling of being unnoticed the majority of the time. Uh, So it definitely has its perks and its downsides. And that is what I call, ladies and gentlemen, middle child syndrome, because the same thing would happen to me. My older sister was always asking for money. My little brother was always getting into trouble, which I hope he's not listening to this episode because I'm low key kind of talking shit on him, or at least he's going to think it is. But like I could do everything like I could give my parents the world and they'd be like, wait, but we have to look after your brother, that kind of vibe, which was annoying. And you and your brother are closer in age, right? No, actually, my sister and I are closer in age. Uh, My younger brother is 18 and she is and my older sister is 24. Wait, that's another similarity because me and my younger brother are only like a year and a half apart. And you guys are what, two years, a year and a half? Who, me and my sister or me and my brother? Yeah, yeah, you and your sister. I can do math, Dan. I know that you (laughs) and Matt are not that close together. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, she was born in December of 95, and I was born in January of 97. So just over two years. Who do you fight with more, your older sister or your younger brother? Growing up, it was definitely my older sister. I swear she had it out for me. Uh, But as we got older and she moved out, and I went away to college, she, me and her became much closer. And now my brother and I are constantly feuding. Is it because of the fact that like, you guys don't have to see each other every day? Like that's what makes the bond go bond grow stronger? Yeah, as much of a cliche as it is, I definitely think uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. That's so sweet. Um, When it comes to your younger brother, though, you say this not often, but enough times for me to ask you this question. Actually, okay, I keep making these references as if everyone knows our backstory, but basically Dan and I have been friends for what, like three years now? Yeah, I'd say just about three, almost four years. Yeah, three, almost four years. And we met, so we both went to Rutgers, but we didn't meet in New Jersey. We met all the way in Austin, Texas, because we were both doing this like summer internship where basically they would fly you out like all over the U.S. to just sell flowers and graduation bears at, you guessed it, college graduations. So we met in Texas. Um, I was only there for like four days. Dan was there for almost a month. And then I I found him on Instagram. It's like, oh, like this guy's kind of cute. I think I'm going to follow him so I can be friends with him. 
And then we ended up like reconnecting and seeing each other at a Rutgers stage. And I'm pretty sure it was a stage that for those of you who don't know, a stage is a day party. Some people call it a darty. That's kind of the disgusting way to say it, but conversation for another day. But one time Dan like knocked on my door, not knowing that it was my house. And then I opened the door and he was like, what? And I was like, wait, hey. And that's how our friendship like grew from there. Yeah, honestly, I thought you were going to bring up the story of when you knew we were having a date in your backyard and I asked you if you just woke up. And uh, I thought you were going to bring that story up. I totally forgot about it. And guys, I had been up for at least an hour, like getting ready and doing my makeup. So I didn't remember that, but thanks for bringing that up, Dan. Um, Doesn't go unnoticed, but sorry, guys, just wanted to give you that backstory beforehand. Since I've known Dan for so long, like I pretty much, I know him pretty well. And you've brought this up a few times and you always say that, not always, but you say that your younger brother is more attractive than you. Why do you say that? Honestly, it's kind of just regurgitating what other people have told me. Um... Yeah, he's definitely uh, more athletic than I am or athletic looking. Um, so maybe that plays into a part of it. Uh, he's taller than me, that's for sure. Uh, and I don't know, apparently, like in the face, we look just like twins, people constantly say. But maybe it's the height factor that really gets him. But you're tall, too. How tall are you? Uh, I'm six one, but he's like six four. That's three inches. That's nothing. I don't see it. He has a baby face. And I mean, he's 18. Like, would I be hitting on him if I was the same age as him? Possibly. But I'm not going to catch a case. So not going to be doing that. But I think it's just, does that make you feel any type of way? Like when people compare you to your brother? Not really too much. Honestly, it, it doesn't really bother me too much. Except when people are just like, dude, he's so much better looking than you. Like you got the short end of the stick. And I'm like, come on, man. Like just trying to live my life here and not constantly be compared to him. I would just, I mean, since my brother and I were so close in age and obviously we're different genders or identifying genders. So there's never really any comparison between the two of us, except I look like my dad. He looks like my mom, but I mean, I'm the cuter one in my opinion. So there's no debate there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also want to talk to you about the fact that you're going into your first full-time job starting in January, which is a big freaking deal. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You're currently working a side gig for some pocket money and to save. Oh, yeah. I need us to talk about this. Like, you have to give the people some intel. Can you tell us what you do as your side gig? Yeah. uh, Right now, I'm actually full time as a, a basically kind of like a butcher's bitch. Um, I work at a meat market in my hometown. (laughs) Uh, So that's basically what I do right now, like 40 to 50 hours a week. So obviously your job is you you predominantly work with guys, right? Oh yeah. It's a total wolf pack. Oh, a wolf pack. I was going to say a meat fest, pun intended. (laughs) I would say sausage fest, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Like what do you guys talk about in the butcher shop? Like Tell me. I need to know. Honestly, most of the conversations we keep pretty short. Um, It's definitely not something um, any females would really enjoy. It can be anything from farts to stories of getting 
blackout drunk to uh, the main cutter who's like our main guy who like is the best cutter in the store uh, telling us about his days of debauchery while uh, growing up through life. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that sounds like something I'd be interested in. Like everyone farts. Um, what was the other thing you said? Uh, oh, your your blackout drunk nights, which I have seen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that butcher shop talk, which people could also call it locker room talk, should be accessible to anyone. So, <sighs> like, what do you guys talk about when you're talking about girls? Oh, Are you talking it, about their physical features? I have to know. <laughs> well, um, most of the guys there... We have this thing where we're not always facing the customers, but we, so we don't have mirrors in front of us. So we do something called spinning grin. Basically it's, you turn around to check and see if any customers are there uh, and see what you can help them out with. But usually this is how it goes. This guy ass man will look at me and raise his eyebrows. Wait, his name is ass man. His name is Mikey, but he got the nickname you call ass, him man. ass Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there's a funny little short story behind it. When he first started working, the boss goes up to him. He's like 13 years old, fat, like pimples all over his face, starting puberty. <laughs> and he goes, Hey, Mikey, look at the pair of jugs on that broad. And he goes, Ah, eh, I'm more of an ass man. And then ever since then, he's been called Ass Man. Wait, pair of jugs on that John? broad he said he was like a very old broad. school guy yeah the pair of i truly didn't think that people said those words like not like i know guys talk about like <laughs> whatever but like jugs on that broad is such a statement i might have to title the episode that <laughs> but yeah so basically that's how he got his nickname but he'll look over to the guys and be like be like yo look at the splitter look at the splitter and we're like, what? And then you go and you turn your head and there's usually an attractive woman uh, standing in front of like the deli counter that's perpendicular to our counter. So uh, that's usually how the conversation gets <laughs> started. I cannot. I feel like when it comes to locker room talk, because I mean, how I'm imagining it is that you guys are like, oh, that chicks a 10 out of 10 like i'm gonna ask for her number have you ever asked for someone's number (laughs) no because usually i'm i'm laughing too hard at what the guys are saying or (laughs) the guy is there anyone ballsy enough to say it i there definitely is it's just that it might come out the wrong way for example if you're talking to uh an attractive woman in there someone might poke you in the ass and say ask her if she wants your sausage <gasps> because it's a butcher shop keep going i'm so sorry i just was not expecting that yeah it was it's definitely something else so it's it's very tough to do that uh just because you'll either just wind up laughing and people will probably think you're laughing at them or you'll just back down like me personally i would never do it because i know exactly how it would play out like i would probably get someone's number and then be like "Ooh, look at this and then the guys would be like hey hey and start yelling to her so i i definitely not ideal okay so the next time you're working i'm so what basically after this 
is done recording, we're going to share each other's locations because I don't know why we don't have them. The next time you're working, I'm going to go to the butcher shop so I can see this happen in real life. Like, none of them know me, so it's fine. I'll just pretend I'm an average customer. I'm a vegetarian, so I have no business being in a butcher shop. I'll be like, can I get some help, please? I would love to hear it. Or are you guys slick with it? They do know who you are because at the end of the night during mine and my brother's graduation party, they were like, who's that girl? And I was like, oh, that's Tina. Um, So they definitely know who you are. They were there? Yeah. Yep. Oh, dang. My cover's already blown. Yeah. No, maybe I'll wear like my glasses. I'll wear my glasses. Then I'll be undercover. All right. Dang it. It's going to be a little tough for you though, you know? Maybe one of you. Asking uh, for tofu (laughs) at a meat market, like. I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> I'll make it work. I'll make it work. Well, um, I was I wanted to bring up your job because one, I needed the intel. Like I needed the inside scoop into the male brain when no one no females are around. But also because for some reason you love this one show. And there's someone else in the show that you love who has a side job before they start their career. Do you know which show I'm talking about? Mm. It was very elusive. <laughs> Uh, You've watched this show three times. Oh, oh, okay. Yep. Yep. It's New Girl. Yeah. So Dan is a very big New Girl fan. I've only watched the show once and it took me two and a half years to watch it because it was very repetitive. Like, how did you get through watching it three times? I think because I really thrive off of Nick Miller's personality. Do you relate to him? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, he's... um, he's just like sometimes confused about life. So sometimes he just gets stuck and like can't get out of his own head or way. And sometimes I feel a lot about that or I feel the same way about myself. Interesting. Well, for guys, for those of you who don't know, New Girl is, I guess, season one summed up in a sentence is that a girl moves to LA and lives in an apartment with three guys. The three guys, well, the girl is played by, oh my gosh, what's her name? Oh my. Zoe Deschanel. Yes. Oh, dang. Uh, Dan's got it. And her name is Jess. And then the three guys she lives with Nick Miller, Schmidt. I don't even remember what Schmidt's first name is. And Winston. (laughs) Winston's first name is Winston. Oh, no, no, no. It was Coach first. And then it was Winston, right? I think so. I haven't watched it in about a year. Okay, good. Sorry, guys. Might have revealed a spoiler there. All right. Yeah, don't reveal any more spoilers. But um, (laughs) I can't remember. That's I don't know why I can't remember that. Well, for Nick Miller. So he was a bartender, but he obviously wanted to be a writer. And I don't think you want to be a writer unless you do, which would be so cool. Do you want to be a writer? No, absolutely not. I know, because you hate writing papers. You hated writing papers in school. Well, what? who do you think I would be in New Girl? Like, but it doesn't have to be a girl. It could be a girl. It could be a guy. I, it could be a cat. I don't know. Please don't make me a cat, though. Oh, man, that's tough. I was trying to think about this. I don't know. I haven't heard. Let's go through all the characters. Okay. So there's Schmidt, and then Schmidt's like, how would you describe him? Schmidt is, <laughs> uh, well, he has a douchebag jar, so he's definitely a douchebag, um, as they call him. But he's very like preppy, uh, very corporate, 
Um, but he's also very sensitive in a bunch of ways, but uh, he's very uptight, um, knows how he basically likes things, he's very orderly, um, and he's always getting on Nick's back for different things. In college, me and my housemates, we had our own version of a douchebag jar, except we all had our own things. Like three out of the five of us, it was the bubble tea jar. So every time they got bubble tea, they had to put in a dollar. For one of them, it was a Starbucks jar. And then for me, I'm not going to name the frat, but I had a frat jar. And anytime like I stepped foot in that frat, texted a guy from that frat or whatever, like I would have to put money in. And depending on how difficult, not difficult, or depending on what the scenario was I'd have to pay more money. So if I went to one of their parties, I had to put $5 into the jar because I stepped foot in their house. It was basically trying to get me to stop going there because they were all douchebags. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> it didn't really work. I ended up putting, I think, $50 into that jar. But we all went to a nice dinner afterwards. There's also Winston. And he's just, he's an eclectic character. That'd be a good way to describe him. Right? Kind of odd. He's definitely totally odd and like a total cat freak. Sorry for anyone that likes cats out there. Total cat freak. And I don't like cats. Okay, good. Oh, no, I hate cats. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not a Winston. (laughs) There's also Coach, which that doesn't need any introduction. Like he acts like a coach. Jessica Day, who's Zoe Deschanel. She's odd. Yeah, she is definitely bizarre to say the least. What else would you describe her as? Absolutely bizarre, a little bit off her rocker. A little off her rocker. The last one would be um, Cece. And how would you describe her? Cece is... Cece's interesting because she's kind of like... She's Jess's best friend, so she's very to the point. And she's also a model, which you would think, you know, maybe she would be less intelligent when they first introduce her, but she's actually very smart. Um, but she winds up somehow dating Schmidt and uh, I'm not going to reveal the rest. I was about to say, you just yelled at me about a spoiler and you just (laughs) gave a spoiler. Yeah. Yep. What can we say? Well then, okay. So we went through the majority of the characters. So who am I? Not Winston. I love him, but I'm not Winston. I don't know. I don't know. I could be a mix between two. Mm -hmm. This one's going to be tough to decide. Okay, so should I just have my own show then? I think you already do. I think we're recording for it. Uh, (laughs) That was good. That was good. I think I'm a mix between Cece and Schmidt, right? I can see that. I think it makes sense. Like I'm a little, I can put myself together sometimes, but then I can also be a little bit of a brat like Schmidt. Except I'm not, I am overly sensitive like Schmidt. And I think that's it. But yeah, okay. Who'd have thought? Guys, I want you to also try and think of where you see yourself in the new girl phase. Dan, since you've watched it three times, I've got to ask you, besides, you know, relating to Nick Miller, have you learned anything or have you taken a, taken anything from that show that you're applying to your life now? Not really too much, just kind of for entertainment. Uh, maybe that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe definitely like, don't drink so much or play True American because it'll end in a bad night. You've played it before? No, I've seen a bunch of videos on how to play it, but it just seems so complex that I watch the video and I'm just like, we could definitely just play 
flip cup instead. Well, Dan, I also wanted to quickly go over with you. Like you've been reading a lot more than I have. And you've read a book, like, I think it has to do with your seven habits, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And then you also read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. So what are some of the takeaways that you've learned from both of them? uh, So they're kind of like different books. One's How to Win Friends and Influence People is definitely a book, I would say, that can have manipulative tendencies and not necessarily create genuine relationships and interactions with people. Uh, that's what I've basically learned from it. But I also learned that there are more effective ways of handling people who are either, I would say, stubborn, stuck in their own way, um, difficult to deal with just in general. Um, just like little anecdotes that you may want to give a try at seeing if they actually work or not. Um, Honestly, when I read the description for the book, um, or when I read the title, I was like, ooh, this book seems a little little weird. Um, Like, because I'm not really looking for influence or trying to win people over, really. Uh, It actually turned out to be like an interesting alternative to how to how do you manage business interactions? I guess I would say either in the workplace or as a manager, supervisor, or even just as an employee, like a frontline employee. Uh, which some some of the ways definitely seem effective, and I've definitely tried. And there has been some good success with it, but other ways, some alternative methods, like trying to seem genu- genuinely interested in something that you're completely not to win something else to your advantage, uh, I definitely see as, you know, a little manipulative and much less genuine. That's literally the definition of a fake person. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of, I, I was kind of getting that from uh, reading it. But um, the one that I'm currently on now is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it's actually, it really gets super deep on you within the first half of the book, which I still haven't finished yet because working so much and just being lazy uh, in the first half, they like make you imagine your death. Like there's an exercise in the book where you're dead and you're attending your own funeral and you're wondering, or you're trying to think about the things you want said about you. And it sounds super crazy, but it, really delivers a different perspective to say the least because it makes you think like man when i die what are people gonna remember me most for is it gonna be going out partying and you know doing a bunch of stupid shit or is it gonna be how you help them throughout life and deal with difficult situations um so it's almost like creating a new roadmap for your life to come. Um, So I definitely think this one is a lot more genuine and really helps you develop some sort of plan and um, self-awareness of where you kind of sit right now to where you could be going. Okay. um, Not to be dramatic, but death is my biggest fear. Right. And then right underneath is birds. I think we all know that right now, but the fact that that, Ah, 
I'm freaking out because death is like death is my biggest fear. It's not fun for me. Like uh, at funerals, like I can't go up to the body because I just feel like I have, that's me looking death in the eye and I just don't want to do that. I'll give it a side eye, but that's about it. <laughs> when you were doing that and having to picture yourself, like did you have an aha moment where you're like, okay, maybe I need to revision and rework how I'm living my life? Absolutely. Uh, when I first imagined it, <laughs> I basically saw like my brother walking up with like a Miller light and like pouring one out in front of my grave. And I was like, man, maybe that's not how like my funeral should go. So it definitely you know, put some things in perspective, like definitely start partying or going out a lot less, start focus, start focusing on things you really want to achieve in life. Uh, not necessarily all about career aspirations, but things in general, um, you know, whether that be more volunteering, um, spending more time with your grandparents um, before you lose them, uh, just things like that. You know, I, before I was always thinking like, oh, as, as long as you can get a re- get ahead, like in your career and like you're moving forward that way, like life is going pretty good, but it really changed my perspective and understanding that that's only a small aspect of your life, which, you know, you're going to spend a majority of your time at, but there's so many other important aspects of your life that also have to be maintained and taken care of. You know, as you were talking, it occurred to me that So for those of you who don't know, Dan is currently like, you know, looking for an apartment because for his new job, he has to move. And so where I live, I'm very close to like the downtown bar scene. So as soon as bars open back up, like your sis is ready to go. Like I'm at the bars. Now it makes sense as to why you don't want to move to my area of being near the bars. It all just clicked in my head. Yeah, the last thing I need is a Rutgers part two, because that will just lead me to the dumpster (laughs) or to my funeral. No, never that. Knock on whatever wood is nearby and available. available. Whoa, that did not sound like English. Available. (laughs) Well, Dan, thank you so, so much for coming on In Your 20s. I loved our talk. I'm so happy you wore your blue snapback because it's the only Dan way to do it. Um, This is where I would ask you if you want to plug your socials or anything. I feel like you're not going to, but if there's (laughs) anything you want to say or whatever, like this is your time to just go for it. Doesn't even have to be your socials. Yeah. uh, I'm definitely not very active on social media whatsoever. That's another thing that I've been like trying to stay away from just because of how so addicting it is. Uh, But just want to say thank you for inviting me on the show. Um, And uh, thanks for being such an awesome friend. Ah! Guys, did you hear that? I'm an awesome friend. Dan, I'll cry. This is where (laughs) I cry. Uh You're so welcome. We're. Oh man, don't go crying. (laughs) I'm sensitive. Okay. I'm Schmidt, but guys, (laughs) thank you so, so much for tuning in to in your twenties. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you do, please leave a review on Apple podcast. Um, Just search in your twenties, you know, five stars. You could put one star, I might get over it. I might not. Who knows? And definitely follow along on In Your 20s Instagram. That's at In Your 20s with a Y-S, not an I-E-S, to be a part of the In Your 20s community. If you want to rant, vent, give advice, anything like that, 
feel free to send an email to inyour20s at gmail.com. My name is Tina with an H and I'll talk to you next Wednesday.